You're listening to Speaking to Influence, communication secrets of the C-suite. Do you want to speak with confidence and authority, have more influence, and get bigger and better results? Whether you're a top executive, an entrepreneur, or climbing the career ladder, this is the show for you. A leader who wants to inspire others and leave a lasting legacy. Now here's your host, world-renowned TEDx speaker, author, and executive communication coach, Dr. Laura Sokola. Welcome to the podcast, Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola, your host, founder of Vocal Impact Productions, and author of Speaking to Influence, Mastering Your Leadership Voice. In our last episode, Joe Chott, SVP of Brown Brothers Harriman, he shared some great information on a variety of topics like how to build trust, particularly when you're either the youngest or maybe the oldest person in the room, or you're the only woman or the only minority or something along those lines. And he also talked about the importance of topics like an elevator pitch. And the elevator pitch is something that is challenging for everyone. No matter how much we talk about it, it's something that people are regularly bringing up with me. And frankly, I still struggle with it. You know, I'm, I'm good at getting to sort of the 90 to 95% mark. It's there, it's accurate, you get it, but it's not tight. It's not pithy. It's not something that just kind of rolls off the tongue. And that's frustrating for me, especially given what I do, because it's something where I'm good at helping others to do it effectively. I can see their message. I can see the gist of their work and the value that they provide but and help them tighten it up. But mine always seems to need a, a little bit of tightening on the screws. You know, I've got a screw loose. I've been accused of that more than once in life. So what was interesting and fortuitous in its timing, frankly, was that over the weekend, I was able to attend a workshop run by Don Miller. And Don Miller is the founder of StoryBrand and the author of the book, Building a Story Brand. And I'll put links in the show notes, so don't worry about it for now. But definitely check out the show notes later books available on Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. And the specific workshop that he ran was called Creating a Captivating One-Liner. That sounds great as far as I'm concerned, because to the extent that an elevator pitch is tight, a one-liner sounds even better. <laughs> it's a lot easier to remember. It's a lot easier to say. But then again, it's a lot harder to hone. So I was really excited to attend this workshop and what I wanted to do is to share with you today the main points, give you the outline, give you the guidance, and then send you off on your way to hone your story from there. So this is kind of a down and dirty digest of sorts. You can read the book for yourself. You can attend his workshops on your own. I highly recommend all of them. No, I don't get any affiliate credits or whatever for recommending this. It's just something I found valuable and I wanted to share it with you today. Now, remember that for an elevator pitch, the real goal is not to tell everyone everything that you do or could do in the entire world. It is bait. The ultimate goal of a very short elevator pitch is to get someone to say those three little words, not I love you. I mean, those are nice too. But the other three little words that we all want to hear, tell me more. And not tell me more like, wait, wait what, did, what do you mean by that? I don't really get it. Tell me more about this. You got me curious. I want to know how you do it. I want to know if you work with these kinds of people. I want to know if you might be able to help me with something like this or someone I know. So you want them to prod you for additional information because you've piqued their interest in one way, shape, or form. So for Don's workshop, he breaks it down and he says that your one-liner or your elevator pitch boils down to three parts. And frankly, although it, he says it's a one-liner, whether those three parts are all in one sentence or grammatically, 
They need to be one sentence a piece. It kind of doesn't matter. Don't be too literal with the one liner. But the idea that it's all there in a nice little tight package wrapped up in a bow is what you're really looking for. So the first step, very simply, I'm going to lay it out for you right from the start. The first piece is the problem. What is the pain point that you help solve? Frame it in that way. What is the problem? What is the pain point? You don't have to use those words, but in your mind as you're thinking about it, you have to ask yourself and be able to answer the question, what problem do you solve? What is someone complaining about? And how do you make that complaint go away? Number two is what's your solution? Now, depending on your role and if you're an employee versus if you're the owner versus something else, you may want to include your role or your title or your label, et cetera. But ultimately, it's about what it is that you provide, product or service, and how it connects to solving their problem in a way that is so specific that you're linking your solution to their survival. That was Don's keyword, link your solution to their survival. It could be their mental survival and sanity in a particular context. It could be their keeping their job. It could be their health. It could be however you want to frame it. But he has identified it as linking your solution to their survival. Make it something where they're going to feel it viscerally, feel it urgently. Either an urgent need or an urgent want, either way, is great. And then part three is the reward. Once you've fixed their problem, help them to envision their life after the pain has been resolved. So what is that new vision that we all want to have? Where do you want to be? What do you wish was your reality that is not your current reality in the moment? So with that, I thought I'd walk you through my own situation as a case study and how I worked my way through the workshop and share with you my thought processes and where I was getting stuck. And hopefully as I'm talking you through my own experience, it'll trigger some ideas for you. You can work through yours with me. It's a little scary. I'm going to take you into my brain and into how my brain works. And, uh, you know, no promises, bring a flashlight. That's all I can say, or at least a pencil of some sort. Get yourself out of there. You may want to bring a cup of coffee or something caffeinated or perhaps on the other end. (laughs) But nevertheless, okay, here we go. So previously where I was and have been stuck for a long time and thinking about, okay, my elevator pitch, what am I? what do I do? And broadly speaking, I've always considered my work under the umbrella label of executive coaching. Okay. That's a category. It's a service industry that people generally know, generally understand. However, it doesn't really express what I do because executive coaching means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So the differentiation is particularly important. I'm not just sort of a general life coach for business executives of sorts. I often say I'm not going to help you make any business decisions, uh, which many business coaches will do. But once you make the decisions, I'll help you get the buy-in you need to get the results that you want. That's more my kind of differentiator of sorts. But in explaining this, I know that I tend to be guilty of getting lost in the weeds in two different directions. And this is where the ad-libbing tends to go down the tangential rabbit hole, as it were. And it tends to go down that hole in two directions. Number one, I'll either get lost in the weeds with looking for the right inspirational jargon, the phrase that is the ooh-ah phrase of the moment, things like that business leaders and executives, they can't afford to just talk. They need to inspire people. Okay, that's a great one. Or 
talking about helping you build more confidence as a leader, how to speak authentically, how to be yourself, how to get through to them while still being authentic, while still being true to you. Okay, everybody likes those concepts and that is part of what I do. I'll talk to people about you need to go from being just the brains behind the operation to being the face and the voice in front of it. So for people who need to be more front and center, need to do a lot more public addresses, media appearances or conferences or something, not everybody's comfortable with that. Okay. So they get the gist there. Maybe they're an entrepreneur and trying to go for the next round of funding or something. You have to talk to all your VCs, et cetera. And of course, most of you who know me at this point know my three Cs. So sometimes I'll throw my three Cs in there because the idea is to help you master vocal executive presence, those three Cs of being able to command the room, connect with the audience, and close the deal, which I also think are great. But that's a lot. That's not an elevator pitch. That's, I, I don't, like an entire world, uh, you know, it's an entire skyscraper worth of escalators at that point. You may be in the elevator, but you hit every bloody button along the way. It's the longest elevator ride ever. And that's only talking about the jargon and, and the kind of catchphrases that I'm trying to hook people with. You know, the other elevator that I get stuck on hitting every button along the way is getting lost with features. And I think, frankly, this is more common with a lot of technical experts. They end up describing the your daily calendar task lists, the kinds of things that you're responsible for doing in your role. So I'll tell people that I can help with, I do work with public speaking and presentation skills. I offer training and coaching and diplomacy or media training, succession planning and career advancement, or helping people to translate their technical expertise to people in other divisions or other industries who don't share it. And again, it's all true. It's all relevant, but it's not an elevator pitch and it's just too much. It's that trial by fire hose, right? Open mouth, turn on fire hose, drown your listener in information to the point where, frankly, nothing stands out. It's too much for them to absorb. So what do we do with that? Where did I take that? And where did I go with Don's workshop and trying to get down to that compelling one-liner, as he said? So how do the three steps break down in my world? Well, okay, let's think with regard to the problem that I solve. What's the pain point that my ideal clients are experiencing? Well, they have great ideas. They have tons of experience. But when they talk, it doesn't necessarily connect. It doesn't land the way you want it to land. People don't just, they don't seem to get it. Sometimes they see you as the person that they want on the team, but not as the person who belongs leading the team, all that kind of stuff. So that's a pain point that a lot of people experience. Or sometimes there's imposter syndrome, there's feelings of confidence. Do I fit in? Do I have what it takes? Am I enough? Right? Am I good enough? All of those, how do I get the respect from people who I want to impress, whose respect I need? And if nothing else, you want to hear yes more often. That's kind of what it all boils down to in the end. So with that, okay, what are the solutions that I offer? Well, we've established that I'm an executive coach. More specifically, I'm a leadership communication coach or I'm an influence coach. I'll say to people often that my job is to make sure that when you talk, people listen and get it. And that's getting to yes more frequently. And so this is kind of what I try to help people do, what I fix. And then from there, part three is the reward and that's imagining the future, that, that promised land. And this is really trying to look more at the benefits versus the features of what you do. You know, the technical stuff is the feature. We don't want to get stuck in all that. We talked about that already. 
So the benefits, if I'm thinking in terms of, okay, after you work with me, how should your life be different? How should your experience be different? And I came up with things like, well, you'll be able to inspire people. They'll see you as a true leader that they want to follow. You'll be able to get to develop loyal and effective teams or get people rowing in the same directions. Ultimately, you want to get bigger and better results. So there's my fodder. Those are the pieces that I tried to distill into those categories. So when I then had to boil it down and say, okay, what's my one-liner? Or in this case, a three-liner or a three-part one-liner. You know, I had the opportunity to work with Don directly. And I'll give you my draft and what I originally came up with, which he agreed was about 95%. And he said, you know, I, I get it. Let's play with it and see what else we can come up with. So I'll give you my draft version that I shared with him, and then I'll give you his take on it. And we played with it a little bit more after that, but I want to show you the iteration of how we moved through this. So I tried to summarize it as being, uh, with my draft, I said, as a business owner or executive, do you ever feel frustrated that you have lots of experience, expertise, great ideas, but when you talk, it just doesn't land with the impact you want? I'm a leadership communication and influence coach. So my job is to make sure that when you talk, people listen and get it. So you don't just lead, you inspire and get the results you want. And when I shared that with Don, he said, you know, actually, that's really close. I mean, that's really tight. I know what you do. I know who'd hire you. I know why they'd want you. So, you know, I think you really have it there. What if we did this? Let's play with it, right? You came here to have me rip it apart and give you some other options. I said, yes, please, rip, rip, rip. Help me see this from a different way. Help me get out of my own head. Help me hear what someone else might hear. And so I liked that he said instead, and of course, knowing that the person I'm talking to is likely an executive or a business owner of some sort. So he said, if I were you, Laura, I'd say this. A lot of people in your position are ignored because they don't communicate effectively. I'm an influence coach. So I teach you to speak in a way that nobody will ignore you. When you can nail your message and your delivery, you'll get heard, you'll get respect, you'll be chosen for promotions, and you'll get results every time you open your mouth. And I thought, wow, that's a whole different angle on it. I was trying to be really sort of big picture executive. He never used that word. He really hit on one very narrow, specific complaint of people getting ignored. And that was interesting to me on a couple of levels. And it hit me right between the eyes because on the one hand, not all executives or aspiring executives or leaders feel ignored per se. They may feel frustrated because people aren't listening to them in a way that says, okay, yeah, let's do it your way. You're right. I agree with you. So that may or may not get translated as being as feeling ignored per se. But it took me immediately right back to my initial inspiration and the catalyst for launching Vocal Impact Productions in the first place. And for those of you who don't know my story, back in 2013, I was doing some other, you know, generally related coaching and training, but my background, my research, my teaching as a professor and whatnot was about speech and voice and language and cognitive processing and all that kind of stuff. But I had seen, let's put it this way, lean in was the book of the day, right? Sheryl Sandberg, COO of Facebook, had written it. And it was all about women's frustrations in the workplace, the, the gender imbalance, equity imbalance in the genders, and how women's voices often aren't heard. 
So when I read that, I thought it was kind of interesting. So I was straw polling women at every networking event that I was going to. And I was going to a lot of networking events on a daily basis or weekly basis, at least. You know, this is almost 10 years ago. And I asked them, every professional woman I could find, did you read the book? Did you at least see her TED talk? What did you think? Is that your experience? And unanimously, the thought at the time was yes. That's what I've experienced. And I'm frustrated too because I don't feel like my voice is heard. And that was the light bulb that went off for me, thinking, well, maybe I can help women figure out how to communicate more effectively in general or in, in a man's world if they're in more male dominated environments, et cetera, help them get their voice heard, help them be more effective communicators. And the idea caught like wildfire. And of course, within about 20 minutes, you know, the guys were saying, uh, you know, we're not really great communicators either. So it wasn't just that I was working with women, but that was the catalyst. The idea of people not feeling like their voices are heard, feeling ignored. And over all this time, I think I forgot that. So the fact that he brought it back home for me in framing that, I, I just thought, okay, clearly this is something that is a lot broader than what I had assumed it to be. And of course, for some businesses, if that's not the core issue, okay, we can tweak it, right? If I'm dealing with a particular personality where that's not as clear that feeling ignored is not how they would see it, I can change that language. I can tweak this. I can tweak that. But overall, the flow was tight. And I felt like I can really leverage that. And we can go, again, it's the bait. The goal is to get them to say, tell me more. That sounds like something I need. That sounds like a result, a reward that I want. Now, looking ahead, understand that as far as these three components are concerned, some of them, the three parts, the problem, the solution, or the pain point, the solution, and the reward, sometimes they can be merged or at least implied if the reward is clear enough. So you may not need to have three totally separate sentences. I'll give you a couple of examples. A colleague and client of mine in the past was with a pharmaceutical company. She ran a pharmaceutical company that specialized in medicine that targets arthritis. And I thought their tagline, frankly, said it all, specifically with regard to the medication that they produce. All she said was, this is my company, this is my role. And with our medication that we make, we make your knees feel better. That says it all. She can state her title or not. If she's not interviewing for another job, if she's not just networking of sorts, where she'd want people to understand her specific role in it, if you don't need to know her role, you just need to know what the company does, that's all you need. We make your knees feel better. Why? Because the problem is obvious. It's implied, right? If your knees feel better when you're done, then that means they felt bad in the first place. Nobody wants to feel pain in the knees. And it's pharma, so you know it's medication. It's a drug of some sort. So while well, there's the nature of the solution, all I needed to do was tell you what that reward is. Feeling good again. Make your knees feel better. That says it all. So that's a super tight one. And if you have a product or a service that lends itself to that, jump right to it. Skip the first part. Another client of mine had a huge, long, corporate, complex title. But what it really distilled down to was that she was the head of IT architecture for a big you know, Fortune 100 company. And she wanted to figure out how to do her elevator pitch so that whether she was potentially networking or interviewing for a promotion or for whatever it happened to be, or if on the flip side, if she just ran into the CEO in the elevator and he said, what do you do for me? She needed to make it crystal clear. And what we came up with was instead of doing all these functional details on different systems and blah, 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 we came up with, okay, her title is X, but she said, my job's to make sure that no matter where you are in the world, 
when you log into your laptop, everything just works. Again, crystal clear. The problem is so obvious because it's the opposite of the solution, right? The goal is that everything just works. The opposite is something we've all experienced. You go to log in, you try your Wi-Fi, you try whatever it is, and it doesn't work. We all know what that feels like and how often we've thought to ourselves, oh, I just want it to work. So we don't have to be more specific than that. If he wants to know what systems they're running or what the budget is or whatever, that's fine. But that's a job where they got the target audience and the target goal is so concrete and so crystal clear. She only needed that one phrase. Didn't have to go into the rest. Didn't have to tell people the problem because by painting the solution, it's the, boy, I wish I had that or I'm so glad I have that because I know what it's like not to. It's such a common problem. Now, I'm still working on distilling mine down to that really pithy, just single phrase of sorts. But I think where I'm coming on that is simply that, you know, under the context of being a leadership communications and influence coach, I help you hear yes more often. And of course, we can go into specifics, but from that, you can hear, especially with regard to the more often, the notion is that you don't hear yes enough. Okay, why don't you hear yes? Doesn't matter. That's up to you. But you know you're frustrated that you hear no too often or that people aren't getting it. They're not just giving you what you want. So I can help fix that. Good enough as bait to get people to say, all right, tell me more about that. How do you do that? Okay, we can go from there. So here's my final tip for you. Number one, as you hone this, I want you to share your draft of your pitch with at least three other people. And then ask them to feed it back to you, not tell you what you said. Interpret it for you. Paraphrase it. What is it that they think you do? And what from that, if anything, would they be curious to know more about? And if the answer is, I'm not really sure, or the answer is simply, well, I wasn't really clear of what you meant by this. Could you explain that more? That's not curiosity. That's confusion. And that's a really important distinction. You want to shift and figure out what it is that they are not understanding, where they can't get out of first year. They can't ask, they can't take the bait and ask for more information because they didn't understand the first one. So get at least two or three people to give you that feedback because it'll offer you two advantages. Number one, if you're off, it'll show you where you're off and help you understand where what's obvious to you is not obvious to everybody else. And frankly, on the other side, Often, the other people can distill it better than you can. I've had a couple of experiences where I'll share the general description of what I do, and someone will say, you know, so basically, I remember once, it was five or six years ago, probably, and I was describing what I did, and she looked at me and she said, so basically, you're an influence coach. And I went, yes, influence, that's it, that's a great, why wasn't I using that? That's different, that's, so now I've been referencing that, I'm an influence coach. But I would not have come up with that, or maybe I would have eventually, but I didn't, I hadn't at that point. And this person I just met, gave it right back to me. So let others be your sounding board and help to brainstorm with you. So with that, my final instruction to you, here's your opportunity. Work on your one-liner or your three-liner, if it needs to be. Make sure you include a concrete problem, your solution, and the reward, the benefit that others are going to get. Share it with others, get their feedback, and then once you've honed it or you've got it you know, pretty close, share it with us. Send us an email, info at vocalimpactproductions.com and tell us what it is that you came up with. I can't wait to hear your one-liners. So for everybody out there, thank you as always for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes so we can help even more people increase their confidence, presence, 
and influence. And of course, finally, if you want to download my free guide to equipment recommendations for greater virtual influence, including my picks for microphones, lights, and more, go to speakingtoinfluence.com. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola, and you're listening to Speaking to Influence, communication secrets of the C-suite. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Laura Sokola, and I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the Speaking to Influence podcast. If you love listening to these episodes as much as I love bringing them to you, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please go to iTunes right now to rate and review our podcast in order to help us expand our reach so even more people can master the three C's to command the room, connect with the audience, and close the deal. Thanks for listening to Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite, the show for leaders who want to speak with impact. The hosts, producers, owners, and media distributors of the show make no guarantees that the strategies and information discussed will result in profit or other success and may result in losses. The opinions and statements of the hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the owners, staff, managers, broadcasters, or sponsors of the show. No medical or psychological therapy or personal or professional wellness or relationship advice is offered in the show. You are advised to seek counsel on matters related to your health, family, relationships, job, or other business and legal matters from licensed advisors in those areas prior to making any changes in business or lifestyle. No information provided may be suitable in your situation. As always, take responsibility for the decisions and actions you take, including the reactions they may make in your work, family, health, and life.